Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast and we're all here and we're all talking football. It's games from last week to review, games from this week to preview, any sort of news and uh, anything light-hearted that we can find in the football world. While I've got you, before we get going, uh, if I can ask you to consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, that'll be amazing. It'll mean the world to us. And uh, yeah, that's that. So let's get cracking. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Paul, it's over to you. Certainly is. Thank you, Andrew. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. You joined us on a momentous week on the uh, on the football podcast. Um, we'll we'll get to the reason why later on. But needless to say, I'm a very happy bunny. So make of that what you will at this early juncture in the podcast. But um, well. Whilst we're on the subject, why don't we dive straight into uh, last week's results? <sighs> One of which I can't wait to get. You say you're a happy bunny. I imagine I can change that. Uh, 50-50. <sighs> we could always talk about Barnsley versus Middlesbrough. Bloody <laughs> 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 I forgot about that. I heard. I forgot, I'd forgotten there was championship games to discuss. <clears throat> Um, I, I don't want to foreshadow anything, but uh, we we all knew that Middlesbrough were going to comfortably win this game. Some of us even thought it was going to be three 0 So, uh, so 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 what happened in the Barnsley Middlesbrough game? To be fair. At one point, it was 3-0. It was just 3-0 to the home team. Yes, sadly, Middlesbrough conspired to manage to find themselves 3-0 down after about 60 minutes of the game. Uh, did eventually manage to get two goals back to make it a nervy last couple of minutes, but they uh, sadly weren't able to get the equaliser and uh, lost 3-2. Do you uh, do you have the goal scorers, or would you like me to tell you them? Uh, I know that um, some guy. Oh, there we go. Mads Anderson and a Amin Bassi Brace for Barnsley. Um, the Middlesbrough goals were a Andras Spora penalty and an own goal by Liam Kitching, which I believe at the time was being credited to Dale Fry, and then they realised, no, that would mean he'd scored twice in a season and we'll just have to take that off him because he's not allowed to do that. So, yeah, not, a, not an ideal start to the week, sadly. No, it's not, because everybody on the podcast had Middlesbrough down to win. Uh, some comfortably. Others... Um, Let's just say that some of us are lucky that we like to put Spora down for a goal. Uh, because Stu, Matt and myself all predicted Spora to score. Um, so, point each there. Unfortunately, Paul, you're, you're off to a slow start. No points for you, sir. I've already, I've already beaten my points from last week, so I'm happy already. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that the next game is uh, is one that would interest you, Stuart. But let's let the resident Nottingham Forest fan talk about Nottingham Forest versus Bristol City. Matt, well, Forest kind of kind of according to reports and stuff like that. Um, Forest got back to form and uh, pulled out a 2-0 win, um, which, again, is 
can, considering Bristol City, I think, kind of last time I checked, they're still in the top half of the table. Nope. Um, <laughs> got that wrong. Obviously, they've been on a bit of a bad run of form, but kind of with, kind of a good team early on. So, yeah, we've got kind of back to a winning, winning ways with goals from uh, Brennan Johnson and James Garner. There he is, up there in the corner. Look at him. <coughs> uh, I think we'll we'll do this in a little bit of a strange order. Um, Paul, you had a draw. I'm sick. Uh, and you you didn't pick uh, e either of the goal scorers. Didn't it come out that this was like Johnson's like? Fifth goal in six home games, or something ridiculous like that, or just fifth goal in six games. I think, I think, unfortunately, my my kind of my my opinion of it has been tainted when they had the run of like they were on telly quite like quite quickly in succession, and he was the most selfish player on the pitch, and he couldn't <laughs> hit a bond, or he couldn't hit the bond or with a banjo kind of thing, and I was like, like that, no way, the kind of thing, and then all of a sudden he's like gone on this scoring spree, and I'm like. Well, this is bollocks, kind of thing. This, this is, this is, this is going against my narrative that I was weaving. Never mind. Um, Matt, we'll come to you next because you also predicted a draw. Um, but some would say lucky, some would say skillfully. You had Johnson down as one of the four goals you predicted, so a point there for you, sir. And at this point, I don't know which to do next. Do we talk about Stu nearly getting the correct score, having Forrest down to win, getting a point? Do we talk about the fact that he predicted not one, but both goal scorers to take three points out of the game? Or do we talk about the fact that I predicted Johnson to score, but I also predicted Nottingham Forest 2-0. So there's three points there as well. Excellent. Speaking of Hull City, loosely, uh, Peterborough United versus Hull City. Anything interesting happen in this game, Stu? Well, um, as we covered last week, Peterborough's new manager, our old manager, was uh, his first game in charge and uh, proceeded to stand on the sideline and uh, have his pants pulled clean down. Um, so, <laughs> figuratively, not literally, ladies and gentlemen. So, Paul City decided to not only turn up uh, for the game, but actually managed to play pretty well. And uh, ran out 3-0 winners away at Peterborough. So, uh, Tyler Smith scored on 25 minutes. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hearing some points, surely, from somewhere on the podcast. Because Keen Lewis Potter scored twice. Paul had this down as a draw. Uh, and didn't pick e either of the goal scorers. Not a good, not a good week, really, has it for, for me so far? I, I don't know. There's a there's another game yet to cover. I'm sure that might. Oh, be. I know. Uh, Stu, you had Peterborough down to win, uh, and in, in turn picked a Peterborough goal scorer. I'm still happy. <laughs> Matt, you followed in Paul's shoes almost identical with a 1-1 draw and one of the same goal scorers. Uh, the other one did, didn't score either. I had Hull City down to win. Point. I had Lewis Potter down to score. Two, two points. So far for the week, Paul, you are on zero points. Uh, 
coming 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 up third is Matthew with two points. Stuart Mansi romping down the field on four. And I've got six points so far. He's doing it again. It's happening again. Happening again. It's it's not happening again. Because there's another game, and that game is gonna change everything. The world. Because Middlesbrough went up against Tottenham Hotspur in FA Cup flavoured football. Now, I may have lost money on this game. But Paul, did Middlesbrough win in penalties to win me some money? They did not, sadly. They did not. The, the game did go to extra time, however. Um, it did. Yes, obviously this is the uh, this is the same uh, format that the FA Cup games had from last season when we were in the uh, throes of the global pandemic, where all games were settled in a one-tie basis, so no extra, uh, no, not so no extra time, uh, no replays, just extra time and if required penalties. Um, so obviously, in the previous round, they managed to come uh, come through the game against Man United. At Old Trafford on penalties. Um, this game against Tottenham, very similar. Um, although in in another way, it was completely the opposite of the Man United game. Whereas probably the most one-sided game where the team that progressed probably was the definitely the worst of the two sides. This one was the complete opposite of that. In the first half, it was very even, and then from about from about the fiftieth minute onwards. Middlesbrough were the only team in it really, apart from a couple of like breakaway sort of on the on the counter attack chances that Chelsea had. But it's it, Chelsea. I'm watching the Chelsea game now. Um, Tottenham had um, and a very un Premier like un Premier League like performance from uh, Spurs. Really, um, is that just like usual for them though by now? Well, yeah. Like I think unfortunately for Spurs fans this season, they've been very. 50-50 you get games where they're either really good and they're scoring three goals within the first 25 minutes at Leeds or you go for 120 minutes and you can't score against a championship side which was the case as Middlesbrough ran out 1-0 winners after extra time with a goal scored by 19-year-old Josh Coburn and uh, if you could see his face, oh my, what a picture. Lovely stuff. Um, Paul, you had Tottenham down to win. Uh, your Middlesbrough goal scorer was not Coburn. Stu, you had Tottenham down to win even more. Your uh, Middlesbrough goal scorer was not Coburn. Matt, you joined Paul with a 2-1 to the Borough. Your Middlesbrough goal scorer was not Coburn. How are we doing the uh, in 90 minutes scoring? Uh, well, technically it was 0-0. Um, so I suppose if you put a draw down, you'd technically be correct. But then you'd have had to pick a result for the... Extra time penalty. I don't know why. What have you put? I uh, put Middlesbrough 1 0. I mean, considering that no one can catch you anyway, just give yourself two points, lad. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> Lovely stuff. So, uh, so the you, don't, we... you don't want to top it off by saying you had Coburn to score the winner, do you? I didn't have Coburn. So ah! <laughs> Uh, so there, that is the week uh, with a possible extra two points. Uh, it would be me taking a, a win there. Uh, two to Matt, four to Stu, uh, either six or eight to me. And, um, and and Paul is okay, everybody. Paul is okay. <laughs> so, Paul, what now? Um, well, 
Well, we've got we've got a fair few games to predict, including a game I I thought was this week, based on the fact that it's FA Cup week, but uh, that game isn't actually until Monday, which is strange. Does that mean that Forest don't have a game? Oh no, they're playing on Friday, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's why. So yeah, so technically, even though it's FA Cup week. Did they say why? It was got Fortnite. Uh, God knows. Um, the infinite wisdom of the FA. <laughs> the uh, uh, the dictatorships that come down from television. Um, uh, Sky uh, wanting to be, you know, the the you know. It's obviously, it's got nothing to do with Sky because they don't own the rights. But you know, they, uh, no doubt they'd find some way of kind of. You say it that. You say that, but the game on Friday is that on TV? So is, is. That, is that Sky then being like, "Well, we've paid for this many games, and we need this game on our TV channel"? So, kind of screwing with the fixture list a bit. Well, it serves them right for not believing in Forest. Then screw that. Well, yeah, it's just irritating yeah, they, in the fact they that we were going to make it to the fifth round of the cup because you know we do that every year. You know, we've shown definitely shown the form for it. It's just irritating in the fact that obviously. Borough have played their cup game and then Forest will play a league game and then Borough will play a league game and then Forest will play their cup game. It's just weird. It's just in a really odd sort of format. I presume it must be so they can get their game, like their games on the box. I I would imagine so. Because last night there was, I I, I can't comment on BT Sport because I didn't check. But you had the Borough game on on, on BBC One. You had so it's just Man BBC and ITV yeah, yeah. was a Man City game, yeah. Yeah, so they had you had two games on there, and then I mean, I don't obviously there's a match on tonight. Um, you know, so obviously it's I don't know how many I don't know what the rights are in terms of showing TV, like showing the games on TV. But like Everton Borough, what is Tuesday? Thursday. That's tomorrow night. Tomorrow, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I presume it must be to get the to get the the matches on TV. I think so. And then possibly Sky have come down and said, "Well, don't be don't be fucking with our TV, our, our uh, te- uh, televised matches as well." You know, you're like, oh, don't worry. You know, everybody will watch whatever terrible Premier League game you've served up for us. You know, <laughs> Watford against Crystal Palace or something like that, that, you know, the viewing figures will be terrible. You know, but all right, right don't, don't, don't mess with it. It's all right. If, 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 we're, if we're really, really fortunate, we might get something like, I don't know, Burnley Brighton or something like that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Obviously, you know, the, uh, the the listening and viewing figures have just taken a huge nosedive in both Brighton and Burnley. Oh well, never mind. Better next time. Well. And uh, supporters of Crystal Palace as well. So you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's let's go through the next set of games, which I believe would start with the aforementioned Friday night fixture between Nottingham Forest and insert team name here that I've forgotten. Sheffield United. That's the one. Yes, Sheffield United versus Nottingham Forest. Um, Matt, as it's your team, you'll pick last, allowing you the opportunity to uh, pick up tips and hints from elsewhere around the uh, around the podcast. I think, I think um, it's summed up as steel points, isn't it? If that's how you want to refer to it, Stu, <laughs> that's how you you can do that. Uh, seeing as seeing as you've decided to chip in, why don't you give us your prediction first? Okay, um, the, there is a, a quite a theme to my predictions this week, so we will start with a Sheffield United one, Nottingham Forest one, um, and I've gone for Johnson to continue his good form for Forest. Somebody's got to pick up them 60 goals from somewhere. And uh, McBurney for Sheffield United. Okay. 
Um, you said that you've gone with a theme this week, Stu. I have also gone with a theme this week. Um, I'm sure it'll all become clear quite quickly. I have got Nottingham Forest 2, Sheffield United 0. And until my luck runs out, I will keep predicting Johnson and Zinkenagel. So uh, those are the goal scorers. Paul. I was uh, I was concerned there because I, I thought I heard Stu say the name Ollie McBurney. And I just presumed that he'd gone into sort of some sort of self-imposed retirement. As I'm almost certain I haven't heard his name in any sort of realm of goal scoring situation all season for Sheffield United. You can pretty much nail on that he will definitely score now because I've said that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would not like to go for um, Mr. McBurney to score. I will, however, go for Billy Sharp and Ndai to score in a 2 1. Sheffield United win. Your Forest goal scorer. Too easy to say Johnson, isn't it? So I'll go for Davis. Okay. Matt, how's this one really going to go? I am unfortunately going to agree with uh, Mr. Paul Williams. Um, I've gone for a 2-1 Sheffield United win. Oh. <clears throat> I have Billy Sharp scoring because he played for Forest. Okay. I also have Gibbs White scoring for Sheffield United. And because I didn't want to pick, I don't want to be too similar to, uh, to Paul, I'll pick Surridge to get his first goal for Forest. Even though he looks like it, runs around like a chicken with his head cut off. I've never seen anything like it. Actual quote from Father War kind of thing. Excellent. I didn't realise that Maiden was back in the squad. I mean, that's the. So, speaking of chickens with their head cut off, uh, that would be. Uh... <laughs> also, dawned on me, we haven't heard Lolly's name for absolute ages. I can't. I can't quite work out what's going on with him. I don't know if he's injured, coming back from an injury. He's had this like long-term hamstring problem that's just he can't sh- seem to shake. Um, uh, I mean, as I mean, it doesn't happen very often when you know when if a manager just goes, ah, oh, yeah, he's dog shit. Um, but but. Um, apparently Steve Cooper, Steve Cooper gave an interview the other day and was very, very complimentary about him and said how hard he is training in in, in training. Um, but he just can't get a look in, in the side at the moment. Um, they're, kind of very, they're Contrary to the re- recent results, apart from the Bristol City game, it's quite a strong squad at the moment. Kind of think he says there's been a barrage of injuries before us. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, our next game of the week is Hull City going up against the Women's Basketball Association, also known as West Bromwich Albion. Stu, you will pick last. Um, I think I'm going to go first. Just a little 1-0 for Hull here. And uh, as soon as he's, he's, he seems to have dialed his eye back in, uh, old KLP... Lewis Potter is going to get that goal. Uh, Paul. Now, you see, Andrew, what you've done is you've you've fallen the trap there. You've you've you failed to realise that even though West Brom have only scored one in seven games, that one was scored against my team. So apparently, Steve Bruce has adopted a principle of. West Brom will score, but they'll only ever score against teams that are involved on this podcast. Therefore, it will be a 1-1 draw. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Do you want me to change my mind? He's just plucking them out of the air right now. <laughs> and 
that I actually did some research. So I just tell you who my goal scorers were, and you can have them as well. Yeah. I mean, well, 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 hang on, because I'm I'm going to go for Smith for Hull. Um, I can't think what his name is. Double barreled. Ahern Grant, Carlin Grant for uh, West Brom. Okay, so uh, Matt, was that 1 1 with uh, S Smith and. <laughs> it is 1 1. <laughs> but I've gone with Fours and Mulumbi. Because I genuinely look to see who the last goal scorer was for it, West Bromwich Albion. And there's a big load of bagels next to their name if you look at their recent fixtures, apart from the Middlesbrough game. Come on, Stu. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Well, after all the grumbling about stealing predictions, uh, I also have 1-1. One, one. And I also have force for the whole goal. Um, but I do need to check something with the uh, footballing oracle that is Mr. Mr. Williams. In the sense of... I had a little look through uh, the scores app that we look at. And apparently, Andy Carroll's name was down on the West Brom team sheet these days. So, of course, he's going to score. So, I've got Andy Carroll for West Brom. Yeah, and uh, he, he, only, he was only on a short-term contract at Reading, and it expired, and apparently they offered him a new deal. Um, and uh, West Brom thought, uh, should we just offer him, I don't know, a Twix a week more to see if he'll come and play for us? And he did. Well, I suppose it's a little bit closer to the motherland for him, isn't it? A little bit. But um, also, as well, you shouldn't sort of uh, gloss over the fact that we'll probably all be wrong in the sense <laughs> that Bruce, when he went there to manage, probably now wishes that he had to become a manager of the Women's Basketball Association because their fortunes have not turned around. And as he's coming back, it really, for the send-off that he never had at, from, from Hull... Um, Chances are they'll probably win like something stupid, like four nil. So four, four's nil. So no, I mean West Brom, not us. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm optimistically going with a one-one draw. So, so there we go. On the yeah, on the on the topic of fours, um, you know, like how certain teams play music whenever like a goal goes in for a season or two. Pools did this thing where they had specific songs for players who scored. So when they had James Brown. They actually played the um, I Feel Good, da, 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 yeah, da. like Jeff Stone had the little doll that dance. Um, so do you reckon if, if Hull were going to start doing it, they could play the Can You Feel The Force when he scores? I mean, uh, no is the absolute answer to that question. <laughs> the, go, like, this, might be, this might be stepping on toes. It might even be stepping on toes in, the, in this podcast. I'm not so sure. But... I am a firm believer in the fact that, that goal music is only played in grounds that have no atmosphere anyway. So it would make a perfect idea to have it at the KCOM then? Or the NKM, sorry. Oh, oh. I don't know, Paul, because uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I shall find out once again when we uh, take in a live game in a couple of weeks' time. So, But more on that later. Well... What I would be saying right now is let's talk Middlesbrough football, but instead what I'm going to be saying is let's have a short, tiny, wee, insignificant break and then come back fresh, refreshed, ready to predict Middlesbrough football, or for some, Luton Town football. We will find out shortly. Two ticks. Recording in progress. And just like that, they were back, even though I dropped a pen on the floor. That all got real loud real fast. So, Middlesbrough are going up against Luton Town. So, Paul, you will be predicting last. I'm going to go down the list this time. So, Stu, you are next on the list to give us a 
Middlesbrough Luton Town prediction. I've gone for Middlesbrough 1, Luton Town 0. And I've got Spora to score the, uh, the goal. Okay. Matt? I've gone for a. There'd be not a case of. Oh, I mean, I have to mention this after watching that someone ask um, Jurgen Klopp if he understood what the after the Lord Mayor's show meant, and the look on his face as if say, English are weird. Um, but there, there's not going to be a case of this at the River Dance because the mighty Borough are going to come out, run out three-one winners. scientific reasoning into my prediction for this game because I was working on the principle that uh, Millsborough might be a little uh, tired after giving the uh, giving the FA Cup their all so I've just got them down for a 1-0 win uh, Crooks to score Paul? Well it's interesting you say that they might be tired Andrew as uh, Luton are actually playing as we speak in the FA Cup against Chelsea, um, and and they are currently well. Actually, I'm, I'm watching it on a bit of a delay. So Don't jinx it. Don't I was going to say I'm I'm two minutes in the past. So Chelsea might have already scored. I have no idea, but it's currently two one to lose. You're you're currently two minutes in the past. Depending on when people listen to this, it's even further in the past. I, I feel like we're just the DeLorean is appearing at any second now. We've, we've basically just inceptioned our own inception or something like that. So, <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I think uh, I think of the two clubs, you'd imagine that Luton possibly would be the team that would be more on the uh, tired side. Um, I mean, even though they are at the end of the day, they're professional footballers, and it's a it's a three day gap between today and the game. Um, loads has been made about the fact that Borough are on this run where so I think they've won seven or eight on the spin at home and I know I said it last week for the West Brom game where the run has to come to an end at some point but it, it does and we Luton is one of those teams that we just always struggle against so I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw ok what's wrong with that Scorer-wise, uh, I'll go for what more for the Borough, uh, and he's already scored tonight. So I'll go for Cornick for Luke. Okay, so that's what would be considered the week's games, kind of in the book. But for a bonus round, for bonus points, we have two additional games. Nottingham Forest are taking on Huddersfield Town. That's your cup game. That is your cup game. Um, personally, I think Forest are, uh, are going to do exactly what I predicted in the other Forest game. It's going to be 2-0. Uh, I did decide to switch it up just a smidge by going Johnson and Garner. To, uh, to get those goals so just a little bit of a change I hope I haven't jinxed myself there by uh, stepping away from the, uh, the Zinkenagel Paul let's double down with your prediction and get this one off you as it's a cup game uh, I think we know where I'm going with this I'll go for a 1-1 draw and Forest to win on penalties. one one P. Okay. Johnson and Karoma 
the Holy Spirit. Okay, Stu. I have also gone for a 1 1 draw. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, however, goal scorer wise, is very different. I've gone for Ghana and Jordan Rhodes, the slimiest man in football. Um, so I'll go with Forrest in extra time just to make it different to Paul's as well. So 2 1. Yeah, but that goal scorer won't count then, will it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know how we're supposed to get these. But it won't matter by this point, because Andy will have like 15 points by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, tell us how your team is going to do in the cup. Beating the um, the 2020 winners in the third round and the 2021 winners in the fourth round, you would have thought that everyone would be really kind of well. You know, I'd be really confident of Forest going through this round. And I've, I, I've, I've each time I've picked very heavy defeats for Forest in the in those round, and uh, I'm sticking true to form. Because Forest played Huddersfield earlier on in the season and were dog shit uh, against them. Um, uh, so I'm going to go the same. Uh, Forest 1, Huddersfield 3. Okay. And uh, speaking of uh, dog shit, everyone's favourite shit out, Ryan Yates, to score for Forest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then Ward, Holmes, and Caroma. Corona, Corona, uh, for Huddersfield. Yeah, just, just, just to think about those Hassian days of you know staying in your house all the time. <clears throat> Have you picked Holmes because he's an ex-Ram? No. Is he? Is he the American lad? Dwayne Holmes, I think it's him. Yeah, he was a little. Yeah, he got booed against Forest, and when he scored, he cupped his ears to the fans. Of course, he did. Shit out. <laughs> Our final game to predict for the week is Sheffield United going up against the mighty Borough. Um, as I feel that there's quite a lot of uh, prediction stealing going on, uh, I'm just going to give you mine first. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? Um... As I said before, I did work on principle that Middlesbrough might be uh, starting to, to feel the strain of all of the victories that I predict for them. Uh, so, just a 1-0 to Middlesbrough with Spora to score the goal. Stu, you are on the list below Paul. And for the fifth time, no, fourth time in five predictions on this particular podcast I'm going for a 1-1 one, one draw Okay Yep, so Billy Sharp for Sheffield United and just to hear the collective sigh of relief around Teesside Balogun is finally going to get off the mark Although, after that shot that he tried an extra time last night, that then he tried to pass off as a cross, maybe I should rethink that. But we'll we'll stick with it. Okay, Matt. I've gone for a two-one Borough win. Okay. Uh, Baldock scoring for Sheffield United, and then Sparrow and Watmore scoring for Borough. I do enjoy it when players coming on loan from Premier League clubs and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's going to be mint. And then there's a reason why they're being sent out on loan and sometimes it's not for them to get experience, it's because they're crap and they want to get them out of the club for as long as possible. We had, we had that years ago with Mark Noble and then look how that ended up. <laughs> One club man my ass. 
apparently, apparently he was, he was shit for Hull because he got a back injury from sitting in the car from London to Hull. <laughs> Lovely. Paul, how's Middlesbrough going to fare in this game? Yeah, I think you've all uh, you've all made the mistake of forgetting that Borough shit away from home at the minute. One um, 0 Sheffield United win. Ooh. You've forgotten oh. another rule. Going back to an old club. Yeah, but well. nah, nah, yeah, 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 Boo indeed. It didn't work for Grant McCann last weekend, Matt. That's a point. Or Steve Bruce this weekend, eh? That is the week's games predicted. Feels weird having five games to predict. Um, Ooh, that's what I was going to say. How far back in the book would you have to go to get to our Christmassy sort of predictions? Because uh, technically, this this game was supposed to be played on New Year's Day. United Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see if I wanted to see if we've all picked the exact same prediction or if we've changed it up. I think I'll have changed. I think I think things will have changed since then. I think I went for a Sheffield United win that day as well. I might have gone two one. The temperux that we're all on now is oh, it's palpable, palpable. Uh, look, oh, look, the the, ten, the tension being created for effectively no points is the. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say was obviously this being the thing. Well, if I wanted to, we technically have two predictions in play. So if we wanted to, we could just have two shots in. Okay, I I have located said game. Paul, you predicted a 2-1 Sheffield United win with Sharp scoring both goals for Sheffield United and Watmore scoring for the Borough. Uh, Stu, you predicted a 0-1 Middlesbrough win with Housen scoring. Matt followed with Paul, a 2-1 Sheffield United win with... Gibbs White and and somebody else. <laughs> Nadei was it Ndai? Yes, it was. Uh, and Spora scoring for Borough. So you've almost completely switched. Yeah. Uh, I went with a Middlesbrough two-nil win with Sporar and Watmore, so I've uh, I've dropped a goal and a goal scorer. Maybe we should compare and contrast. That I, is... I'm happy to stick with my one-one draw until Housen scores, and then I'll want to swap. So. Seems seems only fair. That right there is the predicting done. Paul, where to? I suppose we better cover a little bit of what's happened this week in football, aren't we? So Indeed. we'll leave the uh, we'll leave the heavy stuff till the end. Uh, but the first domestic piece of silverware was settled last weekend. I'd uh, I'd completely forgotten about this on last week's podcast, but uh, so we probably should have done a little bit about the build up to the game. But it was the League Cup final last Sunday, which was Chelsea versus Liverpool at Wembley. Uh, the game finished nil-nil after 90 minutes, nil-nil after 120 minutes, so into a penalty shootout. Uh, and the main talking point from the game was the fact that at about 118 minutes, Chelsea took off their keeper that had played the entire game to bring on Kepa Ariza Balaga for the penalty shootout. Um, he then went on to save zero out of the 11 penalties taken against him. And... Uh, of course, he then missed the uh, decisive penalty that uh, he took to hand the game to Liverpool. I was convinced that when you said, and about 118 penalties later, it was still going. So, oh, seriously. Unbelievable. You are awesome. Absolutely. I've never seen like 
the best the best penalty was the one where he tried he tried to he tried to psych out Virgil Van Dijk and stood ever so slightly to one side and was basically just like pointing at the corner that he was in, just like going, stick it there, stick it there. So what does Van Dijk do? He just absolutely blasts it exactly where he's told him to put it. And then just basically just stares at him as he's walking away from him. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. You've got to love it. It's, 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 those, it's those perfect moments of shithousery that you just, you just, you just live for. In the, uh, in the everybody would enjoy it more if it didn't result in well either team <laughs> lifting a trophy. Yeah, I, I had that feeling. It was like it was almost like it was like yeah. There's not there's not no, no one wins from this because neither either either one of them won't shut up about the fact that they've won a trophy after it happened. So yeah, but we, one group of fans particularly bang on about the fact that they uh, yeah. that they. Won. Trophy, and then when watching the coverage, they were like, "Oh, is this like the fact because they didn't get to celebrate the Premier League with their fans because of COVID? Is this the one that they?" I'm like, "Shut up! It's like it's the third layer down in the trophies. It, you know, if you throw the European Cup in, it's the fourth layer down in the trophies. So they don't really give that much for monkeys and crying out loud. I was just like, no." We we were lucky enough to uh, go to the pub for a little bit, and we we actually watched the first half in the pub. And uh, Sarah turned to me and said, uh, "What what do you want to happen?" Knowing that I don't really have any kind of uh, sort of great you know taste for for either side, I was like, "Well, if they could find that massive button that opens up the pitch into the big black hole underneath Wembley, that would have been that would have been the perfect result for me in the end." But. Uh... But yeah, that was that was probably the main the main talking point from the week. Um, the, the, the I suppose the biggest the biggest thing that's come out has happened in, within the last sort of hour or two, um, and I think it had come out. It was was it during a Chelsea game at the week? No, it can't have been the weekend. It must have been midweek. That it had come out that Roman Abramovich had passed ownership into the. The trustees or something of the Chelsea Holding Corporation or something like that. Yeah, it was it was earlier this week. I think it was it, I think it was after the um, I think it might have been after the cup final. But it, there's a charitable trust, isn't there, that's now in charge of uh, Chelsea football decisions. Yeah. But he still he still owns it. But then it's been said in the last couple of hours that he's been it's been offered for sale to a Swiss. A Swiss billionaire. Um, obviously, with everything else going on in the world, it's it's a little bit dodgy because you know Abramovich is big mates with uh, Vlad, so boots. Um, a sale could actually go through or not, or like I know there was a little bit of chatter amongst ourselves today about how that could possibly go through. Um, I, I, I genuinely don't see how it could happen if it's going to be a billion pound or you know plus deal for that football club. Th- there's no way that the government will let it pass with the state of the world at the moment, regardless of what form it takes. If it if it means that there's money going into sort of you know help a country that's you know doing what they're doing to another country, I, I just can't. I can't. Regardless of how it's dressed up, I just can't see it happening. It's it's a, it's a funny kind of situation because I was listening to something last night and they were talking about the charitable tr- trust because it's like it's got the um, the women's football team head coaches on there and stuff like that. They rejected it. They kind of like, oh no no, we don't want to do that. Thanks very much. Um, and then raise this kind of um, significant incident or like which is like holy shit, there's something really wrong about this as well. So they, it fetches in like the government. Like watchdog for charities as well, so that happened yesterday, and then obviously he's said now that he's that he's confirmed, like just like in the last hour or two, that he's definitely selling it, and apparently all profits that he gets from selling the club will go to victims of uh, of the war, Ukrainian victims of the war, which I mean I'd like to see the receipts for that uh, if that <laughs> happens, please. Um, but yeah, I suspect that. If I mean the problem is if a sale does go through, I mean it takes a while for it to go through anyway, doesn't it? It's going to be 
months. It's it's a month thing as opposed the, to a day's yeah. thing. The due, the due diligence process alone will take upwards of six months, you'd imagine, just because of all the sanctions and the fact that then, like I didn't I didn't realise this, but like the, the, he's obviously he's operating the club at like a massive personal loss to himself. So this is all coming from Sky Sports, uh, Sky Sports News. Um, obviously, it brings the fact that Matt said there. Obviously, he's confirmed he's selling the club with all net proceeds from the sale to be donated to the victims of the war in Ukraine. It goes a little bit more, and then it goes on to say Abramovich is owed 1.5 billion pounds by Chelsea after buying the club in a 140 million pound deal in 2003, but says he will not ask for any of the loans to be repaid. 1.5 billion pounds he's put into that club in the what 19 years that he's owned it ah, but I, I mean to some extent though like they, they've not been they, 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 you, you, I suppose you can't operate at a loss um, and the idea is in financial fair play that you can't operate in a loss so yeah he's put that money in but how much money is taken out and you know pure allegation and kind of you know uh, yeah, thingy what money has gone through that club in the past however many years that um, probably shouldn't have gone through the club in the past however many years you know uh, it, it, it's it's a shifty kind of thing you know I I mean I don't want to kind of take it away from the Chelsea thing but you know Forrest announced today that Maranakis has effectively written off twelve million pounds worth of loans by turning them into equity shares. Uh, you know, and I, I've I you know I, people when I, when we were talking you know I was talking about like the Newcastle takeover um and I was like hey if if that was me I don't think I could support that club anymore. And I know that when when Maranakis took over Forest I was like oh this because he's not He's a dodgy, dodgy guy. And I was like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't sit well with me at times. And then when somebody's quite willing to, and apparently this is the second time he's done it at Forest, so he's effectively written off £24 million worth of loans as equity and shares. See, um, I, so I, mean, I don't want to comment anymore because I feel like I might be digging myself into a bit of a hole here. I think, um, I think I think the problem is is that when you start hearing like the numbers that get thrown around and stuff, you start to think to yourself, "Well, hang on a second, is this is this like creative bookkeeping where like Derby have fallen a foul on?" I was going to say it's Uncle Mel, it's Uncle Mel at its best, and horrific stuff at worst. It is worrying. It is very worrying at times. I mean, it's that it's that sort of thing where obviously. I know that like both of your clubs are owned by foreign owners and stuff like that, whereas obviously mine's owned by a local businessman who's, you know, done well for himself and then been able to get to a point where he's been able to put together a, a package to save the club from extinction and then eventually become the majority shareholder or chairman, whatever whatever phrase you want to throw out. But it's that sort of thing where I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy that my club is owned by a local guy who's sort of got the best interest of the club at heart rather than his own sort of personal gain and things like yeah. that. That's that's where we fell foul with the with the alarm last time around in the sense of they made their fortune locally and you'd have thought that would have been kind of a good sign. But the club was never their main focus really. It was self promotion. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, I think the problem is I think a lot of a lot of businessmen see it as a cash cow. I think they think they see a lot of the money being thrown towards football in terms of TV deals and stuff like that. And they think, oh, if we're just even like a smidge bit successful, we can take a lot of that money. And you know, we know we know what Mike Ashley does. You know, and and yeah, it's amusing if when it's not your club, but. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of yeah, it, it's there's a lot of money to be had out of football, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so the, you know, we could we could kind of 
mention of Mike Ashley could smoothly move on towards uh, another week, another derby saga as they wait to, as the as the F the, the FA or the EFL wait for confirmation that they can they're going to have enough money to finish the season to start with, and uh, and we call we'll get a violins out for uh, weighing. Being as everyone's been so mean to them and nobody wants them in the championship. Nobody wants us in the championship next season. Just to let you know, Wayne, it was last we didn't want you in the in the championship last season or this season, next season, or for many, many seasons onwards. Pretty uh, it's a pretty damning fact when uh, you know, like you mentioned the fact that oh no, poor old Wayne Rooney and then immediately the other people on the podcast just have a huge grin appear on their face uh, as if to sort of say oh no what a shame couldn't have happened to a nicer person club set of fans ah um, the thing yeah. is like you guys you like also you guys said to me oh you know oh, god you know like don't sit on the fence when it comes to derby Matt. and to be honest for a lot of the time and you know you guys can confirm this for a lot of the time as being a forest fan I've never been that bothered with derby I, they, I didn't have a massive problem with them. My problem with Derby has been the past three, four years as they've kind of dodgy dealt the, their way around the league and generally well, been cocky and arrogant and stuff like that. that. They've effectively cheated. That, yeah. That, that, that is the bottom line. Like the whole, the whole setup is there to sort of eradicate you know the, the cheating element of it, and they've they've got what they really asked for, really in that regard. And you can't. That's like, that, the that. like the naughty school kid who gets caught doing something wrong and then cries because they got into trouble, and you're like, well, you did something wrong. That that is exactly what it boils down to, isn't it? It's, it's that case of the fa- the financial fair pro- financial fair play rules are there to stop clubs from falling into a situation like they're in now. Derby disregarded those rules to see if they could get a competitive edge and it backfired spectacularly. What, what, uh, what had, something I did see that was quite funny yesterday was the fact they played Cardiff in the league and they lost 1-0. Uh, the goal scorer was Uche Ikpiatu, a name people will be familiar with from this podcast. And it was summed up perfectly that in a game between Cardiff and Derby, that an ex-Wickham footballer on loan to Cardiff from Middlesbrough scored the goal that caused Derby to lose a game. And basically, the script could not have written itself better than that oh, yeah. whole situation that played out. And uh, you'd like to think that basically, after he scored, he just tried to find as many of the Derby fans as possible. And Schwinnup was like... Eh. Oh, that's John Pitcher autograph. There's got to be there's got to be that person somewhere as well that's like thought about that beforehand, had a quick check on the odds and gone. It's worth a quid. Oh. Surely, surely, stupendous. We've 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 not talked about the most important news item of the week as yet. Other, other well, other than my glancing remark earlier, in the uh, Paul mentioned our uh, the, the the whole city owners. They've reduced the ticket prices for a game again in the near future, so they're trying to get fans back to the ground, which is incredible. So um, the the home ticket, the, the tickets for the home game against Luton on the nineteenth of March, they're doing kids for two quid, or if you go as a guest of a pass holder, you can go for two quid as well. So um, you know, been been the uh, true Yorkshireman that I am. Yeah, we're taking the boys to that game, so um, it's costing me four pounds to take both of them there. Um, however, it is it is full price for the adult tickets for us. So, but still, we're getting to go to a live game. And if anybody out there is listening to this, that is a Hull City fan, get yourself down, see see if we get the uh, see if we get the West Stand up or open again, and uh, not you know not embarrass ourselves with the size of the ground for the team any longer. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, <coughs> that's, I'd say that's pretty much all the news and the stuff covered for the week. So as, 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 we've, as we've taken to doing recently, we'll, we'll, we'll try and end with a little bit of a lighter note. So there's a couple of things 
one of which was actually raised by the podcast host himself, Mr. Cook. Um, I don't know if you've still got that clip to the, uh, the the link to the clip. I've got it open if you don't, but um, it's up to you. I can I can just put it on the screen for people to uh, to enjoy and watch if they'd like. I mean, if you've got it there, it'll take me a second to find it. So if you've got it there, feel free to. Uh, I'm sure we can share it. it on the social medias anyway. Yeah, we'll share it, we'll share it on the socials, but. So there's what it says. Does. And there we go. Oh, <laughs> go on, lad. Oh, one, two, three, three, three. Oh, 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 as to the sort of the standard height for the steps. And obviously everyone's been caught out by it. And the person who must sit in that seat has thought, oh, there's, there's money to be made here. And <laughs> just sort of set their camera to record the poor saps who are just carrying somewhere. The one that, the one that like, will always get me is the fact that there's probably some, some poor bastard who's got a, like, a, a, like a couple of cups of coffee or, you know... A hot dog or a burger uh, or something that he just bought at half time. And it has probably cost him about 15 quid for uh, two, coffee, exactly. two coffees and a burger. But um, the, ever since you told me about that, the, the only thing I can think of now is about getting down to Hull to test the same theory because the stadium designs are exactly the same. So have they done it in <laughs> such a way that there's one wrong step in Hull as well? It's more than likely. Obviously... If you know of a dodgy step at your at your local team stadium, get it on the get it on the socials, get it get it filmed and uh, send it into us, and you could win two hundred and fifty pence. I don't, I don't imagine something that. Two hundred and fifty uh, pence. Pence, yes, two hundred fifty. <laughs> you know what? I think I'd rather give two hundred fifty pence because two hundred fifty pence would probably cost a lot more. So, um, and to, to finish, this is something that we uh, we didn't actually have uh, we didn't have time for it in the end last week. Um, as we were coming to the end of our scheduled recording time, but um, so I've saved it for this week. It's a, it's, a, it's another good news story. It's something that's that's you know a little bit of good in the world and stuff like that. So Omar El Abdullahi complete miracle return to football after firework incident. Galatasaray defender Omar El Abdullahi completed a miraculous return to football on Monday, 14 months after his career appeared to be over when a firework exploded in his face. Al-Abdullahi was 30, was left clinically blind following the incident which happened in New Year's Eve in 2020. The Norway International's right eye was left severely damaged and there were fears that he'd never regain his sight, let alone return to professional football. Um, I think he came on in the second half of the Galatasaray game. Yeah, um, on Monday there were emotional scenes when he played the full 90 minutes in Galatasaray's dramatic 3-2 win over Gostepi. So there you go. That's even more impressive that he's back in top-flight football as well. It's not absolutely yeah, impressive. Yeah, it. Would have been impressive if he was lower down, but or just or like semi-pro or something like that. But yeah, the fact yeah. that he's in at the top level is is incredible. Um, obviously, another obviously it's just nice that obviously that's that's something that like that's happened in the world, but. It ties it into the podcast nicely because uh, we actually we actually believe that he used to play for Hull. Um, actually, wait, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but um, and uh, I think we actually asked Stu about this, and he, and he doesn't recall seeing him play. Uh, it was it was in the dark period, I believe, uh, when uh, I had a bit of a, a bit of a falling out with the uh, the pricing structure and the uh, ethics of the owners at the time, shall we say. Yeah, so I want a quick look. Uh, he was only ever on loan, and it was in 2017. Mm. Um, is that when they were? In, is that the? Is that the season that were in the Premier League? Uh, it had been when um, after the army, the um, the army scored to put him up, didn't they? So, <laughs> in, so yeah, it, it, see, it was it was in the it was within the. Uh, the time period I, I definitely wasn't attending regularly. Um, 
years, 20, the 20, no, 2017. If it was 2017, 2018, it was, that was the first season down again. Right. So. But no, yeah, no. yeah. It's, obviously, it's obviously nice to hear that he's obviously had to go through all these different surgeries and he's managed to regain his sight and even well, he's able to I think there's been some sort of, hasn't there been some sort of um, almost like medical engineering assist as well because he's got like uh, special glasses to wear doesn't he to, like, yeah. so a, bit similar to a bit similar to when uh, Edgar Davids had to wear him because of his glaucoma I think mm. um, yeah. I, I, I was just assumed that it was because he was colour blind and it took me ages to work out that like it wouldn't really matter if he was wearing yellow glasses to that because he wouldn't know what colour they were anyway well <laughs> well so yeah, but it's um, it, it's cool. Like, I, you'd like to hear stuff about that, like, especially as well. That also seemed to fall in the week that um, Christian Eriksen made his return as well, didn't it? To uh, when he, he got brought on after his um, cardiac arrest during the Euros last time. That is something I'd forgotten actually. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, but I think that's about it, isn't it. Lovely stuff. Oh, I've got. Right. Well, yeah, that, me too. there we go. Uh, thank you all for joining me and taking these lovely people through the sometimes murky world of the football world. Uh, we will be back next week, kind of same time, kind of same channel. Uh, but yes, we'll be back to review the games that we predicted and no doubt predict even more football. Until then, I'm going to say goodbye to these guys, I'm going to say goodbye to you and we will see you then. Bye-bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to look forward to, and uh, yeah, something light-hearted to finish the week on. Thank you for listening, or indeed watching, uh, but while I've got you, and just before we go, if I could ask you to please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, because that would be awesome. Also, you can jump over to thecookiecast.com. We've got uh, social media links, email links. You can uh, drop us a line, get in touch with us. Let us know how you're getting on. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.